Welcome to the next episode of What's Next with Eric Wood. This is another Ask E. Wood Anything edition. And our first question comes from at SporksRock2. Your rookie year, you played guard next to veteran Jeff Hangardner. We always hear how important mentoring in the NFL is. Did he mentor to you? And what is that relationship like in the NFL, especially when you were drafted to take his job, essentially? The answer is yes. Jeff Hangardner was a mentor to me. He was extremely valuable in my transition into the NFL. He taught me how to approach the game. He taught me how to prepare each and every week. And he was just extremely valuable. We were polar opposites when we came on came to the, our play on the field. I came in the NFL with my hair on fire, playing like a meathead, trying to throw people to the ground. And Jeff was so cerebral. Um, so smart, so under control, and I learned so much, especially about playing the center position in the NFL and how valuable being under control in a perfectly clear mindset all the time is. And Jeff and I, to this day, are still really good friends. We've been to each other's member guest golf tournaments. I went down to Austin for his. He came all the way up to Louisville for mine. He hosted one of my bachelor parties down at his lake house in Texas, and we still get together about once a year up in Buffalo because he married a Buffalo girl and spends a good amount of time up there. And when I say one of my bachelor parties, you know, when I got married, I was the first of my buddies to get married, and I had buddies from Cincinnati, I had buddies from Buffalo, buddies I went to college with in Louisville. Everyone's making a different range of money. So, my wife's, so I had to explain to my wife that, you know, I'm going to have multiple bachelor parties because I I need to be able to cater to everybody. So the big one was in Las Vegas, but we did one um, at Jeff's Lake House as well, and maybe a couple others, uh, maybe a couple other guys' nights that we just considered bachelor parties. But the next question comes from at Lopez on leadership. What's the number one marriage tip that helped you and Leslie thrive while you were in the NFL? And Leslie would actually probably be awesome to hear about this from. And maybe that's an episode of the podcast in the future and having her on and having her talk on that. But, you know, I would always say that communication in a relationship, in a marriage is so extremely valuable to not have any resentment built up through a lack of open communication. To me, I see a lot of issues that can spring from that and Just like I was always pouring into my craft in the NFL, I was always trying to pour into our marriage. And during during the season, it was tough because I'm always either at the stadium working or when I come home, sometimes it's tough to switch that gear. But I would always try and pour into Leslie, whether that was a date night once a week, just the two of us. If that was a trip we'd plan right after the season, just the two of us. I would always try and make sure that she knew how special she was to me, but I mean, she also made it extremely easy because a wife in the NFL, they they would just wear so many hats. Not only are they a mom at home, but they also become a travel agent trying to make sure everybody gets in town for the game. They end up cooking for everyone, hosting everybody, and they just wear so many hats. Um, and, and I'll say this, hats off to all the NFL wives out there uh, that are just killing it because I know it's not extremely easy. At S. Bush 06 asks, how do you feel about Cam Newton not being signed yet? And I would just say, you know, I don't personally know how much he's got left in the tank. And I think a lot of teams are scared because they saw not as much arm strength, probably not as much mobility with his legs because of the hits that have just taken a toll on him. 
throughout his career, which is part of the reason I get nervous when young quarterbacks get out and run and and don't get out of bounds or slide because, yes, you're young enough now to take those hits and still get back in the game. But over time, those injuries, those little nicks will add up. And I also don't know how much money Cam's looking for right now. If he's not a starter when he comes into a team right now, how much money is he going to be looking for because – you know, he's coming off a big contract. Is he willing to take a one-year prove-it deal? I'm not sure. And if you bring in Cam Newton as your backup, he puts a lot of pressure on the starter. I know, you know, for all the Bills fans listening, if you bring in Cam Newton, and a lot of people I'm sure have thought, is that a possibility considering of how many Carolina Panthers, former Panthers, the Bills have brought in. But if you bring in Cam Newton and Josh Allen has one bad game, well, now you have so much uh, chatter about should we play Cam Newton, should we not? And and I just think that if you have a young guy you're trying to develop, you don't want to put that pressure necessarily on him. And I also think with Cam Newton and a number of other quarterbacks that take a while to get signed is if you don't have an offense that fits Cam Newton already, are you going to really work a new offense in around your backup quarterback? Because Although Cam probably could play in any scheme, he's best suited to play in the shotgun with a little bit of read option mixed in, a lot of play action, um, and allow him to show off his arm, whatever it may be. But but that's a specific offense. Um, so to me, all those things factor into why Cam Newton probably hasn't been signed yet. At Omen Cali asks, what are some of the most memorable moments from your time in the Bills locker room? And the locker room time is something that I truly do miss about the NFL. And you've probably heard me talk about it on a number of podcasts that I've done, especially with former teammates. And it was always a blast in the locker room. We used to have the most high-intensity ping-pong matches. I would always smoke Richie, but me and him would have the most high, high-intensity ping-pong matches, yelling, screaming, uh, sweating our tails off because we come right in from practice and try and squeeze a game in before meetings. Uh, but those were a ton of fun. I was not the best ping pong player in the locker room. I hate to admit it. I try and strive to be the best at everything. But uh, Kyle Williams and Nick O'Leary were on a different level, and I will I will give them that. Um, but every day brought a different story into the locker room just because you had so many guys on the team that were different ages. So it might be um, a funny story about someone's kids. It might be one of the young guys going out in Toronto the weekend prior, whatever it may be. It was always hilarious to to see what was coming Uh, story-wise in the locker room. There were so many funny personalities of guys in the team. I think back to Shaq Lawson and how hard he used to just make me crack up with jokes or make fun of people. Just he was a trip and we'd always fight over the music in the locker room. Um, on Wednesdays, we'd play country. That was white boy Wednesday on Fridays. A lot of times it was techno. So techno Friday, pretty much every other day of the week was hip hop, which was fine because everybody liked hip hop, but not everybody liked country. So I, I get it. I was, I, I liked the country, but when you're trying to get pumped up for practice, sometimes the hip hop, I understand does a little better job at Edwin wins again, asks, Hypothetical here for you. If you were still playing, what do you think your offseason would look like right now? How would you be staying in shape with no access to facilities, trainers, etc.? And this is a question I asked Kyle Rudolph on here, and I've asked a number of 
coaches and, and whoever we've had on here, what this offseason's looked like for them. And I do know that I would be training with my guy in Louisville, Eric Hammer, in some capacity. I don't know if that would have been virtual or where it would be. Normally, we'd be training at my gym, Norton Sports Performance, but I have a full setup in my basement. Maybe he would have came here and trained me if he couldn't do that. Maybe virtually. Maybe I'd have him on a Zoom call so he could still push me and tell me what to do. Demo exercises or movements that he wanted me to do. But for me, he was the best in the business. And I love training with him. And and we're extremely fortunate that, that he works at our gym now. And what an asset he is to so many young athletes in the Louisville area. And the, the pro baseball guys that played for him at UofL. It's amazing to me how many of those pro baseball players come back and spend their offseason in Louisville, Kentucky, just to train with Eric Hammer. But I would also be watching a lot of film right now. Hopefully I would have came out of last season healthy, so I wouldn't be rehabbing a bunch. But I'd be watching a lot of film, trying to work on my game, see where I need to get better, maybe steal some tricks from other people, some techniques from other people throughout the league. I'd be working on my own technique and I was always working on my technique. Uh, Joe Dallas the offensive line coach now for the Ravens, when he was with the Bills, he always used to joke that I was sore going into practice the next day because I'd be up in my room doing pass sets in my dorm room, which may or may not have been true. But, you know, I, I, would, I would be trying to come back in great shape just knowing that this might be an opportunity for me to pass some guys up because I don't know how hard guys are training right now on their own. I, I would assume a lot are training really hard, but are they really getting that good work they normally get in? I would be trying to pass people up, trying to come out back in the best shape of my life so that I could stand out on the field and stand out amongst all the other guys. And, and honestly, in 2011, I know it's a lot different. Ryan Fitzpatrick talked about this. It's so much different than 2011 with the lockout because you know, back then we could still go to gyms. You could go back and train at your college if you wanted to. We were just locked out of NFL facilities. But that offseason was different, and we weren't at the facility in Buffalo. And I came back, and when I reported to training camp, that was the lowest body fat I ever was at maybe 306 to 310 pounds. And I always like to remind Eric Siano, the head strength coach in Buffalo, that the one offseason I stayed in Louisville for the entire time was the time I came back with the lowest body fat. But uh, Eric Siano, who won National Strength Coach of the Year in the NFL last year, that what a deserving honor for a guy who's been with the Bills for so long now, 10 or 11 years. Um, and I just like to bust his chops a little bit, but he does a phenomenal job. And the Bills these last couple of years have, have just been standouts with their strength and conditioning and knock on wood, how injury-free they've been able to be. And, and a lot of that comes from the work they do in the weight room. Hope you guys enjoyed this ex- episode. I really appreciate you tuning in, and I appreciate all the questions. I appreciate the feedback that you guys have given me to do an episode like this where I as- answer the questions because generally throughout a podcast, I'm just simply pulling from the guy I'm interviewing. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. Share it with a buddy. Share any old episodes you can. It really does go a long way in making sure that each and every week I can produce this content for you. Thanks.